This is a special world report with a friend of Medjugorje. Virgin Mary revealed at Medjugorje that had she not come, the world would have destroyed itself. As the world continues to spin out of control, along with the lives of many, is there any sanity left? Is there any direction left? Do Christians understand in fullness the truth about the world in which we live? The nation erupted into scenes of chaos. What started as a fight for justice has descended into chaos. Violence. Oh my God. Violence is when an agent of the state kneels on a man's neck until all of the life is leached out of his body. Destroying property which can be replaced is not violence. And to use the exact same language to describe those two things, I think it's not moral. 75 cities are living through these protests. Many are in flames. Dozens of American cities up in flames after some protests turned into riots. Often followed by looting as a nation simmering with unrest unraveled. In Los Angeles, hours before a curfew was ordered, the city became a war zone. After attempting to breach television studios, large groups torched police cruisers as officers fired back with rubber bullets. Arrest the cops. Charge the cops. Charge all the cops. Not just some of them. Not just here in Minneapolis. Charge them in every city across America where our people are being murdered. Charge them everywhere. That's the bottom line. Do your job. Do what you say this country is supposed to be about, the land of the free for all. It has not been free for black people, and we are tired. Don't talk to us about looting. Y'all are the looters. America has looted black people. Before nightfall, the looting began. Department stores, jewelers, and high-end apparel shops trashed by unruly mobs. The mayor calling on the governor to dispatch the National Guard. For the first time since the Rodney King riots in 1992. Strikingly similar scenes and issues of injustice, 28 years apart. We've seen this before in Los Angeles. When the violence escalates, no one wins. When we crossed over and got our freedoms and our rights in this country, God was the first thing we kicked out, and it's been downhill ever since. After three nights of protest and violence, the state of emergency in Los Angeles, mirrored by pockets of anarchy nationwide, described as all hell breaking loose in Seattle when police lost control of downtown, crowds destroyed, then took over their vehicles. Society today is driven by atheistic patterns who say that they do not need God. Yet, our Lady tells us, without God, you can do nothing. With demonstrators out in force again today, a violent takedown in Philadelphia, where a footlocker was looted after more than a dozen officers were injured there last night. 
With tear gas choking the streets of Miami, police battled protesters to keep control of their headquarters. With banks burned, highways shut down, and City Hall on fire in Nashville, there was more than a thousand arrests. Tonight, a nation on edge and up in smoke, as many plead for peace in the wake of yet another violent night. My children, all the more shadows of darkness and deception are being cast over you. Your battle is difficult. It will be even more difficult. Pray to the Holy Spirit that he may transform you and fill you with his strength of faith and hope so that you may be firm in this battle against evil. Medjugorje, everything happening today, every event, from Washington to China to your home, whatever it is, is surrounded by Medjugorje. This is a place on earth that God has divine intervention to change the direction of the world. For 37 years, we eat, drink, think, and believe and act on Medjugorje. God has given her the nations. She said, this is my time. And she's not here to waste it. She's not here to throw it away. Our lady's call is a serious call. She said to Yvonne, had she not come, the world would have destroyed itself. Everybody's got decisions every day. Which direction do you go? You can't stay in the middle. You will be crushed. This explains what's happening in Washington right now. This is good because that separation is clarifying who is where they should be, are moving toward where they should be, and where they not should be. So we have great division, even in the church. And these things are part of our lady's plans. And it's now spilling out physically. That's what the Q book is about. Showing what's come from heaven that now is manifesting physically on earth. Do you want to be used by God? She means this. This is not symbolic. This is not a joke. This is just not a little devotion. This is the process of conversion. Conversion what? To change the world. Nothing makes us go out to the streets. Nothing else shames people what they do today. Because we are weak. And I'm here to make you strong. How do we unite the nation? We are divided. How do you unite the world when it's divided? There's only one possibility for that to happen. You unite by uniting to truth. That's what's missing today. Truth is singular. Our Lady said, God is truth. He exists. So when you bind yourself to truth, you bind yourself to God. And then your neighbor is your neighbor. 
whether it's the same color, a different color, or another nationality. We have to start at this point to understand everything that's taking place in the world today, especially in our nation. And it's not by chance all the things we're seeing. This is what Our Lady has been preparing us for 39 years. You heard the voice who said, when we crossed the line for our rights, the first thing we did, we kicked out God. He's a famous All-American college football player, strong Christian. And for him to make that statement, the first thing that happened after civil rights was kicking God out, speaks volumes. I'm not saying that. He said that. This broadcast is going to be asking a lot of questions for you to make up your mind to understand what is happening in our nation now. We're going to peel the onion back and we ask you to be open and to listen and what you will hear. We're not going to give opinions. We're going to give facts and lay it out that you can see there's an evil plan from Satan to destroy this nation in order to destroy the world. Many people are shocked, but why should we be since we've been following Our Lady? You just heard on the intro that had she not come, the world would have destroyed itself. What is the purpose that we experience now? To make people think, reevaluate everything. Is there a right and a wrong? Yes, it very much is. To grasp everything taking place now, we have to go back eight years ago. Something very, very big happened. All the experiences we have now did not happen yesterday or May 25th in Minneapolis. It's been plotted out and planned out for a long, long time. Even decades ago. But where it manifested and was implemented was March 16, 2012. Obama signed the executive order called the National Defense Resources Preparedness Executive Order. Nobody knew about it. Why? Because he kept it hidden. If you go back to January 17, 2012, you'll see the National Defense Authorization Act 13603. This was passed to usurp the Fifth Amendment, which is due process of law to us as citizens. Before that, in June 2012, there was something else passed called the Enemy Expatriation Act. And all these were safeguards for what would happen in March 16, 2012. I don't want to get you all confused with these things, but you have to understand what took place at that moment. The timing of when Obama signed this on March 16, 2012, was calculated. He was doing things behind our back, behind everybody's back, except a lot of people who in the Lisky-type tactics. Very, very clever. 5 p.m. What happens on Friday night every weekend? The news cycle stops. But that weekend, some mighty things happened. 
because the next morning was March 17th. The next day after that was Sunday, March 18th, 2012. Our lady knew what was going on through that weekend. She knew what was being released. Everything you see now roots back to these actions. Our lady gave a message that Sunday. She says, I desire to take you by the hand and to walk with you in the battle against the impure spirit. Wow. That's very revealing, right? Because this set up everything that's happening today. The deep state. Obama took tremendous power, great authority, that he could do anything he wanted to. And all this was prepped that he could start planting people in the deep state. This is where it came from. I wrote that and they fired the first shot 2012. The authority that he grabbed through this, through stealth, puts him in a position, not only all Americans, but all things could be subjugated to a bomber. He gained dictatorial power. Written in They Fired the First Shot, it says, This order gives Obama unprecedented authority. Revelations 12, 2 says, The dragon gave his power and his throne with great authority. What Obama did with this immediately was to spread his presidential power to 17 different heads, covering everything from civil transportation, energy, farm equipment, fertilizer, everything, all functions, to the heads of CIA, FBI, national intelligence, Department of Justice, etc., national defense, water resources, and the list goes on. Why is that important? Because from there, he gave presidential power to all the heads of this, and he appointed those people we know now are the deep state. From the book, They Find the First Shot, it clarifies what's been said. But how Obama is taking authority, great authority, tells much about this man, as does the fact that his amassing of power is not just in wartime, but peacetime, and any time he thinks to. Through his executive order, he will invest his presidential authority in people of his choosing to head over departments. He then will build infrastructure behind them that will enable others to be delegated with presidential authority. The heads of these departments will further have the power to invest authority in other heads, all who will act with full presidential authority. This authority can be re-delegated successfully all the way down to your neighborhood watchman, if need be. This executive order gives Obama the ability to assign presidential authority to anyone, over anything, in peacetime, for national defense, in national emergencies, or non-emergencies. 
That essentially means anytime, anyone, anything. We wrote at the beginning of this chapter that you won't believe this, but it is there in the executive order called National Defense Resource Preparedness, released Friday afternoon, March 16, 2012, and buried by Monday, March 19th, with an explosive, long-term driven story. The executive order is law, no matter how unconstitutional it is. Other laws surround it, support it, and insulate it. If you try to resist it, you become a target of the National Defense Authorization Act and Enemy Expatriation Act, if it passes, stripped of your citizenship and given no trial, all because your local president, the designated authority, decided it is so. This is not Stalin's time. Nevertheless, the infrastructure is there for it to be so. And the plan was to reign a third time as a president and be prepped for implementing everything. Trump got in the way, defeating Clinton. But we got to stay on the certain point of what's happening today is related to all this. Why did he do that on a Friday afternoon? Because of the news cycle. But that's not good enough because Monday, this would be all over the news. The earlier Defense Authorization Act was debated and argued about. It was in the news. So this had to be covered up. What happened? How did they strategize to cover this thing up? It never got into the news. Something so impacting in our nation was never brought up into the news. It would have happened a week later, or two or three weeks later, four weeks later, but it had to be buried. How did they bury it? It's the story that's ignited fierce passions across the nation as allegations of racism and miscarriage of justice tear apart a small Florida town. Three weeks ago, Trayvon Martin, an unarmed black teenager, was shot down by a white neighborhood watchman who claimed self-defense and has not at this point been arrested. And it's caused a public outcry that spread like wildfire. ABC's Matt Gutman brings us the latest now from Sanford, Florida. This is the face of 17-year-old Trayvon Martin, whose death has provoked weeks of demonstrations and massive internet petitions, and tonight, a rally in New York City. And in the small city of Sanford, Florida, a vote of no confidence for its embattled police chief. Don't shoot me! Don't hurt me! These are just the latest twists in the case in solidarity. that is galvanizing the country following the shooting death of Martin. The police department definitely needs to go back, re-interview everyone and anyone that has any information, as well as the FBI. I guarantee you that's what they're going to do. That's going to be their first stop. Martin died a John Doe. Um, I'm pretty sure the guy's dead out here. Unidentified and unclaimed for 48 hours because of apparent police red tape. Tonight, Trayvon Martin is anonymous no more. We all and tonight in New York, Martin's parents joined the protest 
Trayvon Martin was you. Trayvon Martin did matter. I just want New York to know that we're not going to stop until we get justice for Trayvon. More than a thousand people marching in support of the teenager whose name is now a rallying cry. I'm Matt Gutman for Nightline in Sanford, Florida. With all the news that took place, all the headlines, that's all you heard throughout the whole day and the next day and the next week and the next several weeks into the months, this is what you heard. People didn't understand, why has that been driven like that? I remember tuning in some of the talk show hosts and they said they don't understand what is driving this story. And yet they themselves kept talking about it. And it went on and on. Not just a month, not even just two or three months. This was the news. It went easily past a half a year. And nobody could understand why this is taking place. Now we can look back that there was a lot of strange things happening with this. On February 26, 2012, Trayvon Martin was killed by George Zimmerman. On March 11, 2012, the police chief says Zimmerman acted in self-defense. Two days later, on March 14th, the police completed the investigation and turned over the file to the state attorney who decided whether to file charges. Was the state attorney part of the deep state? Because he reverses what happens with the police chief. And he does file charges. And Trayvon Martin's parents begin a petition on a website calling for Zimmerman to be arrested. Since when do you go to get a petition to have somebody arrested? We don't act that way in this country. We don't arrest people by petition. We do it by evidence. But see, there's a big name behind this. Tells you everything. Who's funding Change.org? The petition. None other than George Soros. Case closed. That tells you everything. This thing's off the track. It's not true. It's not right. Right there, that one single thing, if you reason things out and know who George Soros is, and then what Zimmerman arrested, this is for sure going down as corrupt. But somebody need, for some reason to cover up what the people planted in the government, who now we know are deep state people, that's coming out and acting today, that they were planting them back then. Thousands of people with power. So we're going to do a run-through, and it's necessary to understand where we are today, what happened with this case. George Soros, of course, is a billionaire who uses his money to move forward a lot of revolutionary movements around the world. He's also part of the deep state, part of the globalist cabal, and his hand seems to be in, in many, many things that are helping to bring down the United States. If you Google him, all you will find are good stories about him and that anyone that speaks against him is part of a right-wing extremist's. But there is a lot of evidence. In fact, a friend Medjugorje writes about him in They Fire the First Shot in, later in the book. But to bring you back to Trayvon Martin's situation, George Zimmerman ended up being exonerated. 
years later, after he was given a trial. Several years after that, someone independently decided to really look at the whole situation because of seeing how Trayvon Martin's story impacted the country in ways that we're still seeing happen. I know a friend of Medjugorje is going to be speaking about that. So this independent investigator knew that George Zimmerman was characterized as a racist and a loose cannon through all of the media that presented him. It was always a bad picture of him that was put in the media and a very young, sweet-looking Trayvon Martin. The media definitely had its land against him. When he met George Zimmerman, he found him to be very likable and didn't meet the image that was being portrayed of him. The second hoax was Trayvon himself. They presented Trayvon as being this very together, likable boy, but he had a lot of family problems. So again, the media portrayed Trayvon as this young boy, but in actual fact, he was six feet tall. At this point, came from a broken family. His father had just divorced his second time. He was into drugs. He was into a lot of bad friends. But the pictures were always showing him as a 10-year-old young boy. The day of this altercation between Zimmerman and Trayvon, he had been suspended from school. His mother had kicked him out of the house. His father was now with a new girlfriend, and his girlfriend was breaking up with him. So his whole life was falling apart, and this was the Trayvon Martin that George Zimmerman met. And also Trayvon was on drugs at the time. So Zimmerman was a neighborhood watchman. There had been situations that were happening in the neighborhood, people breaking into homes. So that led to this encounter between the two. Trayvon attacked Zimmerman. They got into a tuffle. Trayvon, being larger and stronger, was bashing Zimmerman's head into a concrete sidewalk. And in the middle of that, Zimmerman has a gun and ends up shooting him in self-defense. And in the end, that's what happened. So going back to what a friend of Medjugorje was saying, the story's going cold. And then the parents end up hiring a high-end public relations firm, also high-end attorney. And so after they hired these high-end people, that's when suddenly, out of the blue, Monday, March 19th, the day after Our Lady gives the message about the fight of the impure spirit, suddenly, boom, everybody is, is on the front page of everywhere about Trayvon Martin, even though this had taken place three weeks earlier. So the end result of all this was George Zimmerman was found innocent. His life was destroyed. Through this investigation, George Zimmerman is now suing the parents of Trayvon Martin for $100 million because of what he discovered. And this story is really the foundation then of, of all of the Black Lives Matter and the situations that have happened in our country from this point on. From there, what happens, Michael Brown attacks a police officer in Ferguson, Missouri. He had just stole some things from a store, walking down the middle of the road. The cop questions him. He comes to him and actually gets partly inside the car. 
The police officer was pulling his gun out. He injured the officer. And long story short, the officer was able to free himself and ended up shot Michael Brown and it killed him. What happened with Ferguson? Went up in flames. Same old story, same old thing. White cop killing a black youth. The guy was huge. Why do we bring this up? The attorney that represented Michael Brown was Benjamin Crump, the same attorney that Martin's parents used. See the thread of these things? That tells you a lot. Now we're peeling down the onion more so you can see more clearly. It's important to follow the facts that you can have an understanding what is going on and why is it going on. There's a lot of good white people and a lot of good black people. They want unity. But there's others who want division. They want war. They want destruction. Our Lady warned us that weekend, when all this started, on Obama's evil implants of the deep state, when our Lady says, I desire to take you by the hand and to walk with you in the battle against the impure spirit. Can that be wrong? Can that be a mistake? All these things add up. But let's continue to peel the onion. When you look at the Trayvon Martin situations, the Ferguson, all these things that happen, you see people are being polarized. But it's part of the plan to make people evaluate where they're going to go, the decision. It's decision time. So these events are both bringing different people together and separating people at the same time. That said, evil has been more exposed. That's why our lady said, I will take you by the hand and walk with you in the battle against the impure spirit. There's a pattern that's manifesting. It's showing the true color of what truth is and what's false. Who's going to what's right? Who is going to the bad side? So now we're in the situation with Floyd's death and all the circumstances around it. Q posted the very next day on May 26, saying that the Democrat Party and their allies have launched a full-scale insurgency. Insurgency means an active revolt or an uprising. This is what Obama was planning all along. The only thing that stopped him is, again, Trump won and Clinton lost. But the infrastructure is still there. And they're doing everything to fight. The May 26th Q post continues. Democrats, in coordination with certain assets, have launched a full-scale insurgency attack against the people of the United States in an effort to regain power by any means necessary. This is incredible. Because you're not having a lot of rioting. You're not having a lot of things taking place. Here we are, hardly over 24 hours past Floyd's death. Q could not predict and say these things that we see now unless they had intel of a lot of chatter on cell phones and communications. That's how we find out what terrorists are doing or the plots or the things that they're doing. Obviously, this statement of Q has intel that the phones have lit up. Our plans now is to implement it. We've got our cover right now, 
this situation in Minneapolis, we're going to use it as our cover and our reason to get out there in the streets and stand behind the people who we can incite to get out there in the streets and then do our insurgency. You see? You see how this works? We haven't had things burning up at that point. How does Q know how to post that? I'm asking you to figure that out. They have to know what's coming. They've been watching this. I got another question to you. How do you get so coordinated that this just springs across the whole country in no time? This thing is highly planned. It's been all the way back to Obama, and he's part of it. You say, how is Obama part of it? He stayed in Washington. I got another question. Obama followed Trump around the world. Wherever he visited, you remember that? In the first year of the presidency, he was right there behind him. Trump went to one country to president, to another president, and then Obama was right behind him. You remember that in the news? Do your research. You look at this yourself. What does that mean? Trump's there. He leaves. And a shadow appears. What does that mean? It means he's shadowing President Trump. So we've got a shadow president. The infrastructure, the deep state, they're all there. I want to ask you a question. Do you think these generals are part of the deep state that Obama laid out? He built a tremendous infrastructure. You say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Then how can Q say the Democrats in coordination with assets have launched a full-scale insurgency, not a small one. They're talking about something. They're predicting right here on the next day there's going to be a full-fledged insurgency. And we see that now. It's bizarre. Where they're naming 20 cities in the news and they say there's too many more to name. You think this just came off of Floyd's death? This garbage. There's no way. This is planned. They looked for the situation they were waiting for on Monday morning. From Martin to Michael Brown and to other situations, they get better and better at this. They know there's going to be a shooting, and they just have to wait and say they find out, here's one we can reinterpret, and we can use it to our advantage. Many, many people, some innocent, many who are guilty, are being used, both the guilty and the innocent, for this insurgency. You go on, do your research, it's May 26th, you can't predict what happened for the next two weeks. Unless you know and your intel shows that. This is self-proven. Q's not doing a prophecy. He's got hard evidence that there will be an effort to regain power by any means necessary by this shadow presidency that wants to take power back. After Q says, by any means necessary, he says, all assets deployed. Got another question for you. How are bricks ending up on corners of the cities or in the middle of the street? Pallets of bricks. Go do your research. Look at the pictures. How did they get there? It's not a construction site. When they get the protesters out there, they're about 15 feet behind them, chunking the bricks, trying to get the police to attack the protesters. Who shouldn't be out there? Oh, you say, well, they got a right to protest. Not if you're Christian. That's not what Jesus taught. 
He said, forgive. You're not supposed to be doing that. That's not truth. If you stand on truth, you're not going to be out there. You're not going to be an agitator. That's not in the spirit of Christ. So it says, all assets deployed, coordinated and deliberate events to impact the presidential election. See that word? Coordinated and deliberate. This is not spontaneous. Most people would say this just spontaneously came up. It is coordinated. You're a puppet if you're out there in the streets. You're being manipulated. They use you. They don't care nothing about you. Q continues to impact the presidential election, period. And then he says war, period. W-A-R, capital. And then Q says, the future of our republic is at stake. Survival as a nation. We rise or we die. We, the people, signed Q. I'm asking you, do you think this was a prophetic prediction that a full launch insurgency against the United States is just a prophecy? No, there's hard evidence behind this. This is exactly what happened. Going back to the question about the bricks getting there, it's easy to investigate that. This is the weapons that they use. Many of the policemen were injured by this, even Secret Service. They've got something I think is called camera scan loop. In other words, if you pick an area and you have a truck going down with a bunch of bricks, they can loop all the cameras around that whole region and follow that truck from one camera to the next. They'll see the tag numbers. They'll know where that truck's come from. How come there's nobody been caught doing that? How come nothing's been traced back? They can do that. They have a connected camera coverage to know exactly who's doing that. I'm asking you, how come we don't know this? This is easy to do. Unless there's a deep state and people are cooperating with this to cover it up. It's nothing to find out who these people are doing that. That gives solid more evidence of coordinated, not just with the thugs, but who's calling the shots for it. Going back to Monday on the 25th, Our Lady gave the 25th message. Is there something there in there for today in real time? She says, pray with me for a new life for all of you. Why? Because everything's off track. You know what needs to be changed. Why is she so pointed in saying that? Because it's obvious in front of our eyes. What do we need to do? We need to change everything. She says, return to God and his commandments. All those people in the streets, everybody on both sides, needs to feel the commandments. What happens from that? So that the Holy Spirit may change your lives and the face of this earth. What do we need? Renewal. That's what she says. On the face of this earth, which is in need of renewal in the Spirit. And they says, be carriers of light in the darkness of this peaceless time. She's saying words to us in real time. And then she says twice the word protection. Why is that? 
because we're in a situation that's very dangerous. Pray and seek the help and protection of the saints. I am with you and I am protecting and blessing all of you. And lastly on this point, where did the coronavirus go? Oh, it just disappears all of a sudden? Everything's calculated. Everything's coordinated. Obama and his cohort's plans are very deep. And we're seeing the evidence very clearly now. Stay tuned to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Over 236 years ago, brave men fought against all odds so you can be here today listening in freedom to this radio. But will you always have that freedom? If the Founding Fathers could speak from the grave, would you hear Jefferson say again, When a long train of abuses and usurpations designed to reduce you under absolute despotism, it is your right, it is your duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for your future security. Is this possible today? They fired the first shot 2012 says yes. They fired the first shot 2012, a national bestseller available from Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere, and Kindle. They fired the first shot 2012. Broadcasting across the world, this is Radio Wave with a friend of Megagoria. After more than a week of rage and unrest, a nation pained over the death of George Floyd, a knee to one man's neck, a heartbreaking metaphor for the generations of injustice and misery. America's racial divide bridged these last many days by a rainbow of Americans fed up. Today was the day many who are marching have been waiting for. We're here today because George Floyd is not here. He should be here. He should be alive, but he's not. Minnesota's Attorney General increasing charges against the man who kept his knee on Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes. I filed an amended complaint that charges former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin with murder in the second degree. And adding charges against the three other fired officers. All four officers have been charged! Cheers erupting across the nation as the news spread. We got all four! I believe that's fantastic, but they should have been arrested a week ago. But some protesters say it's a small drop in the bucket for the flood of change they demand. It's too late. That's why we're marching right now, because he should have been arrested from the jump. They deserve to be charged. They're guilty. Floyd's childhood friend, former NBA player Stephen Jackson, cautiously optimistic. I would definitely happy with the news, but not satisfied. Yes. Um, we definitely want convictions. I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. We want to see those guys in jail. Imagine being a cop and you drive through a neighborhood where there's a guy that you've arrested 20, 30, 40 times. And there he is again. You know he has no job. He commits crime when he's hungry, when he wants drugs, when he's bored. And you know that if you were to ask anybody around, he's probably stolen from them within the last 10 minutes. 
Do you think that guy's going to be friendly to you? Oh, hi, Officer Jones. Good to see you again. Will you be taking me down? Okay, well, let me help you. Here, I don't want you to have to struggle. Here, let me, hand me the cuffs. I'll put them on myself. I'm good at it at this point. You think he's friendly? The guy that had been arrested 69 times, Baytown, or on the east side of Houston, 69 times he'd been arrested. 69 times. Process that. He's waiting outside the Walgreens for Rosalie Cook, 80-year-old woman, suffering with cancer. When she comes out, he stabs her multiple times. She falls to the ground, takes her purse, starts rifling through it, takes her money, gets her keys, and gets into her car. And starts rifling through her car. During the course of all this, there's a police station across the way. Some people who witnessed what happened flag down a police car that's driving by. Tell him, here's what just happened. The woman's dying right there on the concrete, and the man who did it is inside her car stealing her stuff right now. She's laying there bleeding out. You've been arrested 69 times. That sounds like a lot of police brutality, doesn't it? So the cop pulls in, draws his gun, starts approaching the suspect. Suspect has the same knife he just stabbed that woman with. Do you think that suspect goes lightly? He knows where he's going. He charges the officer, gets shot and killed. Now, there were people, of course, who called for that officer to be fired, punished, police brutality. Yeah, because he shot and killed the guy who was about to kill him, who just killed another woman. There's your police brutality. There's your police brutality right there. But George Floyd, my, okay, I got it. There's George Floyd. I don't judge every black person based on the guy who stabbed Rosalie Cook to death. Stop judging every cop based on one cop who put his knee on George Floyd's neck. It will now be the time to continue to push so that there is real structural change. So two months from now, three months from now, we won't be here again organizing protests because of the unjust killing of another black soul. For the month of May in Chicago, 75 people shot and killed. 314 shot and wounded. A total of 389 people shot in Chicago. But none of them will get a rally, a protest, a riot, a burn down. No streets closed. Nope. Just black people killed by black people. But don't dare send a cop in there to risk his life and protect anyone that's being killed by these people. Don't dare do that because the cops are the bad guy. Yeah, that's it. That's it. The cops are the bad guy. Y'all don't understand. We got a lot of pain. Yes, you do. But you don't want to address where that pain is. You don't care to confront the reality. You don't care to be honest about it. And it has nothing to do with the death of that poor man. These wanton acts of violence are part of a coordinated effort to eventually overthrow the United States government. There are 15 million police interactions a year. How many go badly that they should demand our attention? 
That's a question from a black man. And he says, it is an incredible low defect rate when people are involved. And he says, if you say it's zero, that's an impossible standard. And yet he gives the statistics for that, and it's almost zero. It's 0.000001 when something went wrong. Infinitely small. We know that 75% of the United States population is white. We know blacks are about 12% of the population. So how do you see the ratio versus white versus black being shot? You put it at 10,000 for both. For every 10,000 black people arrested for violent crimes, three are killed. For every 10,000 white people arrested for violent crimes, four are killed. So more white people are killed on ratio per the population than black. So nobody can say there's a racial bias in policing. So going back to the 15 million interactions a year, it's really clearly that police rarely kill anybody of any race. And yet there are 618,000 173 black people were arrested for violent crimes. Very much higher rate than for white people, which is 1,076,155. A study for the Michigan and Maryland State Universities assessed hundreds of fatal police shootings in 2015. They published it in July of 2019. The findings are police shootings of citizens are not motivated by race or racism. The second point, 55% of the people fatally shot in America by police are white, more than double the number of blacks, 27%. The next point, according to the study, the strongest predictor of being shot by the police isn't a person's race but rather the person is, is engaging in violent criminal behavior. In other words, the greater the number of the crime committed by white individuals in a country, the more likely a white person will be shot by the police. The greater the number of crimes committed by black individuals in a country, the more likely it is that a black person will be shot by the police. The same is true for Hispanics. It's not systematic racism. That makes it more likely that a person will be shot by the police. It is how mathematically likely that person is to be committing crime. And an individual's behavior, not his race, is determining the factor. The next point, police officers are all races are statistically less likely to shoot a black man than a white man under the same circumstances. Why is it important to know these statistics? So that you can make a decision and come to a conclusion of the events we're seeing now that can bring you to truth. Because circumstances being promoted is a lie. What does this have to do with the Virgin Mary? Or what we're doing? Or remission? Everything. We're in battle with the impure spirit. They told us that when Obama was inserting the deep state. And now we've got generals turning against the commander in chief. That's insurrection.
We're headed for difficult things. This precedes the secrets. Divine intervention is coming. It's not just go to church and just pray and ignore the situations. You have to understand the situation because he says, look around you and understand the signs of the times. Because you have to form your truth to unite with other people who are in truth that unites you no matter who you are or what race you are. We're to be separated for evil, but even to them, we have obligation to bring to conversion into the light. So you have to have solid facts to understand that, to form your good discernment, because we have lost the power of discernment. Many people are believing the wrong thing about this situation. We investigated everything about Floyd's death. We didn't watch the video. We put it on slides. One second, two seconds, three seconds. If we skipped to five seconds, we went back to four seconds. Every frame we looked at this. There is no intention of these police to kill Floyd. That makes you angry because you saw the video and this is what you thought happened. Really? You believe that garbage? You believe the media? They're liars. And they can do things on videos to make you think what's not there. I worked with ABC at the top of ABC in New York with a major producer and asked him about some of the things they do and how they do the tactics. We became friends. He told me this. We make the viewer think they've been treated fairly. And then he said, and then we lead them where we want to. And they showed me examples, and they are good, and it is deceiving, and you can buy into it. If you have an insurrection coming, and you want people to turn against each other, you have to find a situation that you can reinterpret or influence the interpretation to rile up the people. If you go break this second by second, you see never these cops are angry, never they raising cane. And never taking a vicious position. And I know some of you now are starting to object to what I'm saying. We spent a whole week in this situation. Looking at it from every angle. This is a Trayvon Martin situation. Michael Brown situation. Why? Because there has to be a reason to get people's attention to get them into the streets, fighting each other, and bring about, under that cover, an insurgency. This is what this is about. You can say the cops are a victim, and you can say Floyd's a victim. How can I say that? They've been charged with murder. We got the autopsies. We read these things. We studied this. I've looked at this thing. The autopsy says Floyd died from cataract arrest. He had a heart attack. You say, oh, that's not what they said. Yeah, with the family, just like Trayvon, they had their public relations. They did all these things. And it's reported that Floyd's family, somebody paid or either they to have another autopsy. On the official autopsy, it says, quote, 
a preliminary autopsy report cited earlier by prosecutors that the county medical examiner review, quote, revealed no physical findings that support a diagnosis of traumatic asphyxiation or strangulation. That's on the autopsy. But what it says at the top of the autopsy, the matter of death was ruled homicide. So it contradicts itself. So what's right? What's wrong? You decide. Because the the autopsy already said he had fentanyl and he was on meth along with cannabis, which is marijuana. All this is in his blood. There was another drug in him. He was drugged up. George Floyd was doped up. That should say something to you. But you don't have the power of discernment. You don't go looking into it. You listen to the media. The media every day gets their own talking points. They plan it. They strategize it. The Democrats own them. You don't believe that? Listen to this clip. They receive talking points 4 o'clock in the morning. The whole media does. And don't think Fox is angels. Because they have their deep state also there. And they're told what to say and hit it all day long to brainwash you. Oh, they're not brainwashing me, you say. I'm objective. Really? You think so? Several years ago, there was a list found of like 160 people, the top reporters. This is today what you're going to say. You will hear a montage of their talking points. And then at the end, you'll have all these people added together in one voice, just like singing in a choir, and you listen to it yourself. My question to you as you listen to this, that what you see is really what you really see. The first group you're going to hear is political people. And the second one is media. So don't think talking points are going only to the media. It's both sides. This is a manufactured crisis and a crisis that uh, manufactured by the Trump administration. This is a manufactured crisis, Bill. How he manufactures crises like immigrants seeking legal refuge. What the president is doing is manufacturing a crisis. President Trump must stop holding the American people hostage, must stop manufacturing a crisis. This president just used the backdrop of the Oval Office to manufacture a crisis. Folks, the president has manufactured a political crisis for himself. Donald Trump is manufacturing a national security crisis. You will hear them say Mm -hmm. is that this is a manufactured crisis. It's not a national security crisis. From Nancy Pelosi down to Debbie Wasserman Schultz or anybody else who will give him a dime for this project. Because it's manufactured. It's a manufactured crisis for the president to get a political win. We have a president who will go on TV tonight and lie and lie and lie some more. This is a manufactured crisis. Our Our greatest greatest responsibility responsibility is to to serve serve our our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso, Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS 4 News produces. But we are concerned about troubling trying to be responsible. One-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories 
without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media outlets publish and publish these stories because they are true without checking facts first. Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda to control exactly what people think. And this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 We are not a democracy. And when you use that word, you can be counted upon those who are laces. Do not believe lying voices. If you mimic that, you're part of the problem. We are in a republic. A republic operates by law. Democracy is by vote. And they can change the law to be murder, abortion, euthanasia, whatever they want to. In a republic, you can't do that. You contribute to this if you're silent when you hear say democracy or it's taught in your school or you use this. Don't accept it. A lady is trying to tell us, do not believe lying voices. You just heard all these people, famous people, people you may not like. They are liars. And you think they're not going to change their autopsy report? Let me give you a little dirty secret. Quote, there have been several instances around the country where an individual had COVID-19 but died under unrelated circumstances and the death was blamed on the virus. In another situation, in May, a Colorado man had a blood alcohol level of 0.550 and died of alcohol poisoning. But his cause of death was changed to coronavirus, Fox News reports. Another case, Michigan counted deaths with coronavirus. As opposed to coronavirus, in other words, they didn't die that, they had something else, of which now quotes, leading some to accuse the state of cooking the numbers. What else conclusion can you come up to? The Washington Post reports in Alabama, a bed-bound patient with aspiration pneumonia in one lung and a person with a built-up of fluid and partial collapse of one lung had the death Attributed to coronavirus. This is how they're counting. And so what's the dirty secret? In the autopsy of George Floyd, they did two tests. In his fluids, post-mortem, and from his blood. Both was positive for coronavirus. And yet... They say he's died of just a heart attack instead of following what the rule is out there to count it as coronavirus. And you know how long he had coronavirus? For a month, from April 3rd to May 25th. What does it do? It affects your ability to breathe. It stresses the body. And he had pulmonary disease. That's what he died from. Again, quote, the examiner revealed no physical findings that support a diagnosis of traumatic affixation or strangulation. So then he didn't do that. We say, is that not enough? They did incisions in his neck, 
into his trickery. All this, nothing was damaged. So it's a pitiful situation. He's very sick. He's doped up. He's not the angel he said he was, but they say he reformed. He had nine arrests in his history. He put a gun to a woman's stomach while other guys were in the house looking for drugs in a house. He had several jail terms for drugs. And, of course, they said he moved to Minneapolis and he changed his life, came to Christ. Maybe he died. Maybe he's in heaven. I don't know. I'm not judging it. All I'm saying is the facts to you. They said he really changed his life around. How this all started is he went into a store with $20 counterfeit bills to buy cigarettes. So that's stealing the cigarettes, counterfeiting. He's not on just drugs. He's full of drugs. And so they call the police. The police show up. They show him get out. He went down. He resisted a little bit. And they went and put him against the wall. There's no meanness with the cops. You study their countenances. They're doing the job. And they take him across the street. And they put him in a car. And he goes crazy. The guy's big. He's got a lot of muscles. He's not a little guy. He's 6'4". I ask you this question to help you to see this thing in the right light. I'm not making any judgment. I'm just laying the facts in front of you. Because it's important to peel the onion to see what the real truth is. Because that's what's going to unite us. That's what's going to stop all this stuff. So the video camera is blocked by another cop because they had to call back up. They end up with about six cops there. If you got somebody you're arresting and they're cooperating with you, you don't call for backup. If you're on meth, you get two or three times the strength of normal. They had him in the car. And it took all these four cops to do what they did. You said, well, they had a knee on them. Do you know that's policy? You go do your research. The policy is the Minnesota Police Department is not against anybody that the more dangerous the situation is, they have to bring in control the individual they're arresting. I used to ride patrol with police. And if you resisted arrest, you forced the police to give more resistance to the one you're arresting. And if they up the ante, that puts the cop in danger. He can be one second from being killed. He has to act stronger than the one that he's arresting. If that don't, you have to have another police there. They've tasered people that's on drugs, and it has no effect for them. So reasoning out, they have six cops there, and to keep him from hurting himself, individuals have to be subdued. We looked at the handbook, and the police department is not racial. It's about being protected. If you go to a certain level, you put your knee on them to hold them down. Floyd put himself in the position that had he done what he's supposed to have done, he wouldn't be dead today. So let's go to Rodney King. What happened in that situation? They're on like an eight-mile chase on Rodney King. I think it's Los Angeles. They finally get him to stop. They got a helicopter above everything. And there's three people in the car. The cops told them, I'll get out. The two other people in the car get out. They tell them to sit down, and they sit down. Rodney King 
starts attacking the policemen. They already have like eight cops there because they were chasing him down. They said he started moving like a phoenix. He started attacking the police. They didn't pull the gun out to shoot him. They had to pull the batons out, and they started hitting him. And he would take the nine of the cop down, and they said that he was throwing the cops around like rag dolls. They were trying to subdue him. They're going to let him go? Say, okay, you do what you want to do? No, they had to bring him down, and they were beating him. What happened? He wasn't seriously injured in the end of that, but the video went crazy. Everybody burned things down. Fifty-three people were killed through the riots because of Rodney King, and they charged all the officers. And what did they find out? Thirteen seconds of the film was edited out illegally. One of the jury women who was upset what she saw on the videos, how horrible this was, was on the jury. And when she saw that 13 seconds, she's described him, he looked like a phoenix, like a monster. And she's the one that said they were throwing these cops around like rag dolls. Fifty-three people dead. Millions of dollars of damage. The point I want to bring to you here now is obedience. That's what this is about. I told you I've ridden with cops. If you're stopped and you're obedient, nothing happens. Rodney got in the car and he didn't do what the police said to do. An officer, when he comes, he has to bring things into control immediately. You have to obey a cop. And if you do, nothing's going to happen. Oh, that's not the case because they're racist. That's garbage. You got Rodney King and two others with him. Nothing happened to the other two. So this racism, they exonerate the police. And all through this situation, let's jump back now with Floyd. Think about the autopsies, all this thing. Corona kills you. He's in a bad situation. He's got a bad heart. He's doped up. And you know what happened when he pulled him out of the car? There was two other people in the car with George Floyd. Nobody's telling you that. And the pictures show the cops tell these other two people to go against the wall. And you know what they do? They go against the wall and sit down. Nothing happened to them. So they're picking on George? That don't make sense. One of the women got up, and you can see the officer said, go sit back down. And she does. Obedience is the problem. You want to get rid of what you think's racism and all these things? Just obey. A cop makes law. He is the law. When he tells you something, you do it, and you comply with it. These police you can see on their face, Minneapolis, are not out to kill somebody. They don't have the knee on somebody like, oh, I want to kill this guy. Their faces don't even show it. They had him in the car. He's on meth, and he's going crazy. I'm not making judgments about Floyd. Maybe he had redeemed his life, and maybe that was the first time he fell. Did he put himself in danger? Did he put himself in the decisions? Did he have $20 bills that was counterfeit? Did he steal cigarettes? Did he pump himself on drugs? And you want to bring the cops? You've lost your power of discernment. That's what Our Lady is here for. And we're to hate nobody, despise nobody, reject 
authority in no way. Never reject authority if somebody has jurisdiction over you. When you commit a crime or you're stopped, you are underneath the authority of that officer and you have to obey him. To have an attitude that he's out to get you is statistically, as I showed you earlier, is not true. Stats are stats. Autopsies are autopsies. Obey doctor these autopsies. But you can see and navigate through the truth. I've preached at a black church. I had the Protestant black kids saying the Hail Marys. I lived 10 minutes from the civil rights marches. I know what all was going on. It's not presented in history as you hear it. And it was disobedience. And this is not Christian. This is not what Jesus said to do. This is what Jesus taught. You're supposed to be compliant. Romans chapter 13. If you're a Christian, even if you're not practicing, and do you believe the Bible, you have to believe what I read to you now. Let everyone obey the authorities that are over him. When a cop stops you, he has jurisdiction over you. And if you comply and you're not guilty of anything, you'll be released. And if you're guilty of something, an arresting offense, then you get handcuffed. Don't resist that. Because you escalate the situation. Let everyone obey the authorities that are over him, for there is no authority except from God, and all authority that exists is established by God. As a consequence, the man who opposes authority rebels against the ordinances of God. Those who resist thus shall draw condemnation down upon themselves. Ask the questions. I don't even have to pose it to you. Did the two people that got out of Floyd's car resist? Did they get in deeper trouble? Did they escalate themselves? You answered the question. Condemnation down upon themselves. Rulers cause no fear when a man does what is right, but only when his conduct is evil. Do you wish to be free from fear of authority? That's an important question in the Bible. Do you wish to be free from the fear of authority? That's what everybody's marching and protesting. You want to be free? Be obedient. This protesting and saying you got you can protest, that's not Christian. That's not what God taught. You free yourself from being obedient. The scriptures continue. Do what is right and you will gain its approval. For the ruler is God's servant. I want to repeat that. For the ruler is God's servant to work for your good. Only if you do wrong are you to be afraid. So the psychosis run around thinking of being afraid of the place is your enemy who's brainwashed you. It is not without purpose that the ruler carries the sword. He is God's servant to inflict avenging wrath upon the wrongdoer. You must obey then, not only to escape punishment, two people in Rodney Key's car, escape punishment. Two people 
and George Floyd's car escaped punishment. Escape punishment, but also for conscience sake. If you have a free conscience, you're not doing nothing wrong. You don't have to worry about anything. On June 12, 1983, our lady said, in response to a question by the priest who wanted to start work around the church without asking permission from the authorities, our lady says, do not begin the work until receiving permission from the authorities. Otherwise, someone will inform the latter and it would be forbidden. This is communist. And she says, and she goes and says, go and kindly request authorization. There's many messages, our lady says, to obey authority. Why? Because authority is from God. What about justice? They're saying, we want justice for Florida. Who Are you God? Justice is mine, God says. The Amish people who had a horrific crime, horrific crime, of the children who were murdered immediately went to the family and said that they forgive and it healed the mother of this man who did what he did. That's the response. This whole thing is set up anti-scripture, anti-Christian. In the beginning days of Medjugorje in 1981, Mariana Yaakov was experiencing people saying, you're liars. You know what he said? My angels, do not be afraid of injustices. They have always existed. In other words, she's saying, accept it. This is our position, and this is who we are. Well, many people cry out, even whites, well, what about Black Lives Matter? It's a lie, a total lie. In the Ferguson situation, there was a black man. He was involved with the Black Lives Matter movement. He was part of it. And he's going to tell you all about it right now. His name is Chaz Zhu. Around the time going into 2016, I started to notice infiltrators coming into the movement, which is already, it was, it's been like this for a long time. But I actually started to see them all online, making fake pages. And these fake people, part of uh, the black movement or whatever you want to call it, were basically feeding off our emotions, trying to, trying to get us involved in things that we're not involved in, trying to get us to believe in things that we weren't familiar with, pushing us to be more left and democratic. A lot of the black leaders are straight leading us to our demise. They have us doing their dirty work. I mean the far left's dirty work. How they're getting us is they're playing us emotionally. And they're basically saying how racist and how messed up guys are the far right and the neo-Nazis are. Because they need all the help that they can get. Anybody who doesn't like Donald Trump, they're basically trying to get you to fight for a war that is being started on American turf very very soon and they want us to be a part of their side 
What I'm trying to get the black population to understand and overstand, and this is critical, is the movement has been compromised. Okay, I, I, everybody needs to know that the RBG movement has been compromised. BLM, if you are not caught up to BLM, it is not even a real black organization. It never was. But now things are about to go ahead and hit the fan. If you have any kind of brain, you know BLM is endorsed by the Soros and the Clinton family. If you have any kind of a brain, you know that those same people, they're exploiting the black plight to make money off of you. They're using your emotions and based off what has happened to you, they're using that against you so you can join these evil demonic people to help fight the people on the far right. Or not even the far right. I want to make this simple. The left is going against the right. It's a huge civil war that's being planned out. It's happening right now. What they want is for everybody to choose a side consciously or subconsciously. And what I'm saying to these people is, my people, is you're setting yourself to get setting yourself up to get slaughtered. There is hidden powers who are controlling the narrative and they're brainwashing you to feel a certain way about the system about white people about every race and about yourselves BLM has always and, and from the very beginning was being promoted being paid for by Soros and Clinton if you think that these people they care about the black man's plight all of us man y'all pay attention this is all this is all to get as many numbers as they can on their side to fight this civil war that they're planning out that they're already being prepared for you're going to have to choose a side don't set yourself up to get slaughtered this is all a big setup it's huge propaganda the biggest propaganda that could be happening right now and what I want people to understand is the Democratic Party are using black people to fight their war with Antifa is getting very very deep this group is being paid for by you guessed it the younger Rothschilds the Clintons and the Soros and the media is downplaying this, uh, uh, this group they're not telling people about this group but people on the far left are trying to get black people and as many people who are part of the far left to join this side and what they want to do is they want to take the guns away from the people on the far right their whole plan is to even a playing field because the people on the far right they deal with guns they have all the guns and right now as it stands the people on the left are set to get slaughtered that's why they're pushing gun laws they're pushing gun laws for the simple fact that if you're able to take some of these guns away I don't care what people feel about Trump this isn't I'm not reacting going feelings right now I don't want people to come and be talking about how they feel this is happening
this is happening right now. What's going on right now is so much bigger. So much bigger than the race issue. So which side are you going to choose? Which side are you going with? If you got to choose the smart side. I'm sure not about to go over there with Hillary and the Soros. Come on, you got to use your brain. As much as you feel however you feel about the right, they are straightforward. The people on the left are lying to you and trying to get you to do their dirty work and get slaughtered. You got celebrities being endorsed by these because they know the best way to get Negroes is through entertainment. We're entertained. But these white people on the far right, they, they ready. They got their guns. They ready to go. They ready to go. While we're sitting up trying to be cute, this is serious. This is 100% serious now. They coming after you. White, black, Mexican, they are coming after us. This is what's going on. Go on and arm yourselves. God bless. So that peels the onion more. Where it's getting, there's nothing left. You have heard enough, and there's enough to see that we all walk closer to truth. And we're walking toward truth. we become more one. As I said before, it's not about races. It's about obedience. Everything is predicated on that. Millions of laws. There's 280 or something nations. Thousands of cities and states. Thousands of neighborhoods. Even your neighborhood has homeowners association, which has rules, and you can't violate them. So really, we have billions of laws, and it's just real simple. Our lady said, May 25th, return to God and his commandments. And what happens from that? The Holy Spirit will change your lives and the face of this earth. It was also in the scriptures I read to you about obedience. Don't rebel against God's ordinances. And what is it? Just 10 laws. If everybody goes back to that, everything renews. It's that simple. Now we're asking you to get a pad and a pen for some research items. It's important that you know that we are not endorsing these sites. But facts are facts. They're just for your information, just for your education. So the first one is thetrayvonhoax.com. TheTrayvonHoax.com. The second is The Beast as Saint. And you can find that on YouTube. The Beast as Saint. And to clarify this, it's not The Beast as a Saint. It's just simply The Beast as Saint. And you have to spell that out correctly. Also, we want to warn you, there is language, bad language on these. And so, again, just have discernment as you're listening to them. And lastly, just a call out to really encourage you to reread They Fire the First Shot 2012, even if you've read it, and you might have read it several times, but if you haven't read it in this time, you'll be amazed at how much it will speak to you as events that were foreshadowed and prophesied eight years ago are now taking place today and how much 
was stated by a friend of Medjugorje without him having any knowledge of the future except through what Our Lady was revealing to him through her messages. So they fired the first shot. It would be your third resource. So again, the broadcast is not over. Stay tuned for the best is yet to come. Everything is predicated on the Ten Commandments and obedience. That's the simple solution for the whole world. That's the solution for the situation we have now across our country. And what you're about to hear will clarify these points. As a parent, are you worried about what kind of society your children will live in? No matter how you structure your future, all is at risk. Money won't protect you. Position won't save you. Your children's future is nil. Our nation must change its direction. But what is stopping it? You are. It all depends on you. What we're masking here is we're masking the breakdown of the family. And it's happened across American society. Hispanic, black, white, Asian. But it really happened in the inner city black community. And we should be able to have this conversation. Because we can't solve a lot of these problems until we can solve this problem. William Yates wrote of what happens when the proper order of things break down. He writes, things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loose upon the world." Unquote. Everything in the world has a God-ordained order. It is a sign of God, of His presence. Everything that is disorder is from Satan. Disorder is a sign of Satan, of His presence. God could have made the universe in chaos, yet did not nor does it run with disorder. He made it in order. God is a God of order. Everything of order has a center, a head. Where there is no center, there is anarchy, as Yeats wrote, and things fall apart. This thread of order you will find from the outer reaches of the universe to the smallest particles known to man. God's order is magnificent, and where you find it disrupted, you will find Satan. Our Lady said, August 15, 1983, Every disorder comes from Satan. These threads of order also apply to society. Just as the universe is made up of smaller units called atoms, so too society is made up of smaller units called the family. Satan, with all his strength, all his intellect, all his might, wants to destroy that individual small makeup of family, the small mirror of all society, in order to bring disorder to all of society. Society's cure lies within the relationship and attitude of the husband and wife toward each other. These writings are about that order through which, if followed, divine order will come and marriages, families, society, and the world will heal. Satan, in his cunning, used his best trick in the Garden of Eden. The plan by which he attacked man successfully the first time, he has carried out now in the present age. 
It is precisely this reason why Our Lady, on August 30, 1981, told the woman who suffered cruelty at the hands of the husband to, quote, let her remain close to him and accept her suffering. Jesus himself also suffered, unquote. This message cannot simply be passed off as, oh, but this is just an isolated case, because every message of Our Lady's is of grave importance, statements of truth, of a correct way to live, and of heaven's desires. The messages do not apply singularly, even when given singularly, as was the case with this message. Abuse is wrong. We are not dealing with the fact that it should never take place. That is clear. Rather, we are dealing with, once it does, what our reaction should be, and Our Lady tells us clearly. When you suffer, pray, live purely, and put it in God's hands. God will remedy. He will rescue. On March 28, 1985, Our Lady said, Dear children, today I wish to call you to pray, pray, pray. In prayer, you shall perceive the greatest joy and the way out of every situation that has no exit. We have to reinforce the role of the nuclear family. When that starts happening, we'll have less dependence on government for food. We don't have to worry if the schools get shut down because families will educate their children. We believe this country has a future. We intend for our children to live and thrive here. That is what we are defending. It is very important to note that obedience is more important than being right. How many of the saints so many times were in the right and their superiors wrong, yet they always were joyfully obedient? Children may sometimes see that their father may not be perfectly right in a certain circumstance, but through the wife and her example, they will learn that they still must obey. It will teach them, the children, to obey a teacher, a policeman, the government, etc., when it is not perfectly right. Order can still be maintained even in the midst of imperfections. The children will comply when they grow up if they were shown through example to respect and be obedient. Therefore, respect and obedience will be maintained even when there are imperfections which will be found in every government, every institution, and every family. But even if there were perfection, order will not be maintained where there is disrespect and disobedience, and anarchy will ensue. It is worth repeating, obedience is more important than being right. Of course, love has to be its foundation to produce good fruit. However, even if love is not found, there still can be no excuse not to obey. What you just heard was a book I wrote in 1994-95. It has saved tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of marriages and families. The book is called How to Change Your Husband. And many, many letters through these decades have come in because it gave the roadmap to peace. What you're about to hear now capsules everything in one dose of understanding 
while we're in this situation. George Washington had a vision of a beautiful lady. It's been documented. There was three perils that were seen. We've been through two. Now we're entering into the third. We have the problems with China. The nation is red of the dragon. We have the deep state with roots very, very deep and wide. And now we have fires all across the nation and every city across the land with strife, division, and no union. Son of the Republic saw this in what was prophesied. We're watching it. The Three Perils George Washington's Vision at Valley Forge in 1777 What you are about to hear is an audio production based on the short book American History You Never Learned by a friend of Medjugorje. The short book tells of a supernatural encounter in which George Washington experienced a vision of what he said was a singularly beautiful female while camped at Valley Forge in 1777. The narrative is in Washington's own words, as he conveyed the experience to Anthony Sherman. This narrative is recorded in the Library of Congress and was published in the National Tribune in 1880. This supernatural encounter is a remarkable history that will not only surprise you, but will leave you with goosebumps. The Virgin Mary, fondly referred to as Our Lady, has had her hands on the founding of this nation from the beginning, and in a remarkable way, her path can be traced. What follows is just a small portion, telling of God's providence in the history of our nation. I do not know whether it is owing to the anxiety of mind, or what, but this afternoon, as I was sitting at this table engaged in preparing a dispatch, something seemed to disturb me. Looking up, I saw standing opposite a singularly beautiful female. So astonished was I, for I had given strict orders not to be disturbed, that it was some moments before I found language to inquire the purpose of her presence. A second, a third, even a fourth time did I repeat my question, but received no answer from my mysterious visitor, except a slight raising of her eyes. By this time I felt strange sensations spreading through me. I would have risen, but the riveted gaze of the being before me rendered volition impossible. I essayed once more to address her, but my tongue had become useless. Even thought itself had become paralyzed. A new influence, mysterious, potent, irresistible, took possession of me. All I could do was to gaze, gaze steadily, vacantly at my unknown visitor. Gradually the surrounding atmosphere filled with sensations and grew luminous. Everything about me seemed to rarefy, the mysterious visitor herself becoming more airy and yet more distinct to my sight than before. I now began to feel as one dying, or rather to experience the sensation 
which I have sometimes imagined accompanies dissolution. I did not think, I did not reason, I did not move. All alike were impossible. I was conscious only of gazing fixedly, vacantly, at my companion. Presently, I heard a voice say, Son of the Republic, look and learn. While at the same time my visitor extended her arm eastwardly, I looked and beheld a heavy white vapor rising at some distance, fold upon fold. This gradually dissipated, and I looked upon a strange scene. Before me lay spread out in one vast plain all the countries of the world, Europe, Asia, Africa, and America. I saw rolling and tossing between Europe and America, the billows of the Atlantic Ocean, and between America and Asia lay the Pacific. The First Peril Son of the Republic said the same mysterious voice. Look and learn. At that moment I beheld a dark shadowy being, like an angel, standing, or rather floating in mid-air between Europe and America. Dipping water out of the ocean with his right hand, he cast it upon America, while that in his left hand went upon the European countries. Immediately a cloud arose from these countries and joined in mid-ocean. For a while it remained stationary, and then it moved slowly westward until it enveloped America in its folds. Sharp flashes of lightning gleamed through at intervals, and I heard the smothered groans of the American people. A second time, the angel dipped water from the ocean and sprinkled it as before. The dark cloud was then drawn back to the ocean, in whose heaving billows it sank from view. A third time, I heard the mysterious voice say, Son of the Republic, look and learn. I cast my eyes upon America and beheld villages, towns and cities springing up one after another until the whole land from the Atlantic to the Pacific was dotted with them. In 1776, soldiers from 13 different states marched side by side to fight the Revolutionary War against Great Britain for independence under the battle cry, United we stand, divided we fall. Less than a century later, in 1861, the grandchildren of those heroic patriots were not standing united. 
but were falling, divided. The division began long before the first bullets were shot, and the result was the bloodiest war in the history of America. 620,000 sons of the Republic perished. The Second Peril Again, I heard the voice say, Son of the Republic, the end of the century cometh. Look and learn. And with this, the dark shadowy figure turned its face southward, and from Africa, an ill-omened specter approached our land. It fitted slowly over every town and city of the land. The inhabitants presently set themselves in battle array against each other. As I continued to look, I saw a bright angel on whose brow rested a crown of light on which was traced the word Union. Place an American flag between the divided nation and say, Remember, ye are brethren. Instantly, the inhabitants, casting from them their weapons, became friends once more and united around the national standard. Again, I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, the second peril is past. Look and learn. And I beheld the villages, towns, and cities of America increase in size and number, until at last they covered all the land from the Atlantic to the Pacific, and their inhabitants became as countless as the stars in heaven or the sand on the seashore. A great struggle is about to unfold. A struggle between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake. The beginning of Our Lady's century. Just as was predicted in Fatima, Russia, the dark red light, has spread her errors throughout the world. Now the division is in every home, 
every family, every heart. A real and tangible battle of good and evil is upon our nation and the world. The Third Peril And again, I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, the end of the century cometh. Look and learn. At this, the dark shadowy angel placed a trumpet to his mouth and blew three distinct blasts. And taking water from the ocean, he sprinkled it upon Europe, Asia, and Africa. Then my eyes beheld a fearful scene. From each of these countries arose thick black clouds that were soon joined into one. And throughout this mass, there gleamed a dark red light by which I saw hordes of armed men who, moving with the cloud, marched by land and sailed by sea to America, which country was enveloped in the volume of the cloud. And I dimly saw these vast armies devastate the whole country and burn the villages, towns, and cities that I beheld springing up. As my ears listened to the thundering of the cannon, the clashing of the swords, and the shouts and cries of millions in mortal combat, I again heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. and I have a rendezvous with destiny. It was an event you didn't hear of. Never a warning given. Never reported in the headlines. August 2nd, 1981. A declaration of war. Civil war brewing in the USA. Donald Trump wins the presidency. So help me God. Are we going towards civil war? Yeah, I think we're already here. Well, there's no question that the hatred toward this president is unparalleled in American history. Donald Trump will not be called president. This is very much like the beginning of the Civil War, saying we can override the Constitution of the United States and declare ourselves a sovereign country. These are American patriots, and they want this country turned around. August 2nd, 1981, a great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan, human souls are at stake. That is a declaration. That's a declaration of war between heaven and hell. We're caught in the middle. 
We can't even see that or understand a concept. How is this going to be? You can now, though. You see it now. Who could imagine just 35 years ago that today we would have people being killed in this country? And they were saying this is America's last shot. If we don't get it right this time, we're not going to have a country left. My children, all the more the shadows of darkness and deception are being cast over you. I desire to take you by the hand and to walk with you in the battle. We've never seen anything like what's happening in this country. But nobody has, because it's never happened before what's happening with us right now. We have two opposing sides. We call it the left and we call it the right. You got to pick who you're with and who you're not with. Because there's no in the middle. I can't be for this little bit and this little bit. July 12th, 1982, concerning a third world war. She said the third world war will not take place. Yet Russia spread her errors throughout the whole world because we didn't repent. But that doesn't mean each nation would not be torn by eternal struggle and conflict, placing the whole world at war. So we see war all across the world. Every nation is in internal conflict. So in essence, we are in a world that is at war with itself. How does that happen? Because there's war between mom and dad. And when it happens, that brings war into the family. When you bring war into the family, you got it into the heart. It breaks down the whole civilization, therefore the whole nation, therefore the whole world. That's where we are. But mark my words, this war will be fought not on the frontier or on some distant battlefield, but amongst us, among our homes. Our children will learn of it in their own eyes. Lincoln saved America for the first time. It's now up to us to save America a second time. again heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. When the voice had ceased, the dark shadowy angel placed his trumpet once more to his mouth and blew a long fearful blast. Instantly, a light as of a thousand suns shone down from above me and pierced and broke into fragments the dark cloud which enveloped America. At the same moment, I saw the angel upon whose forehead still shone the word Union and who bore our national flag in one hand and a sword in the other ascend from heaven attended by legions of bright spirits. These immediately joined the inhabitants of America, who I perceived were well nigh overcome, 
but who, immediately taking courage again, closed up their broken ranks and renewed the battle. Remember, ye are brethren. Again, amid the fearful noise of the conflict, I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. As the voice ceased, the shadowy angel, for the last time, dipped water from the ocean and sprinkled it upon America. Instantly, the dark cloud rolled back, together with the armies it had brought leaving the inhabitants of the land victorious. Then once more I beheld villages, towns and cities, springing up where I had seen them before, while the bright angel, planting the azure standard he had brought in the midst of them, cried in a loud voice to the inhabitants. While the stars remain, and the heavens send down dew upon the earth, so long shall the union last. And taking from his brow the crown on which was blazoned the word union, he placed it upon the standard, while people kneeling down said, Amen. The scene instantly began to fade and dissolve, and I saw nothing but the rising, curling vapor I had at first beheld. This also disappeared. And I found myself once more gazing upon my mysterious visitor, who in the same mysterious voice I heard before, said, Son of the Republic, what you have seen is thus interpreted. Three great perils will come upon the Republic. The most fearful is the third, but the whole world united shall not prevail against her. Let every child of the Republic learn to live for God, his land, and the Union. With these words, the angel vanished from my sight. I started from my seat and felt that I had seen a vision wherein I had been shown to me the birth, progress, and destiny of the Republic. In Union, she will have strength. In Disunion, Destruction.
Drao Mario, milosti puna gospodin. The solemn act of consecration of our nation, July 4th, the year of our Lord, 2008. To you, our Queen, Holy Virgin Mary, for this day of deliverance. We, the people, in your holy presence, who are nothing, appeal to your heavenly, queenly power of intercession before God as our Lord. Despite centuries between them, two American presidents shared a passion. Both of these men won in surprise elections and entered the White House at a time of deep division. Donald Trump, Abraham Lincoln. The person whose situation is the most like President Trump's was Abraham Lincoln. He's fighting to preserve the Union, and he's having to do a lot of different things that are very bold and, in some cases, very radical. Trump's in a very similar place. And as you know, we're under siege. Family is the foundation of American life. We know that families and churches, not government officials. Know best how to create a strong and loving community. We know that parents, not bureaucrats, know best how to raise children and create a thriving society. America is fighting back, and we're winning. We're winning. Heaven is with you. There is hope. As long as I'm president, no one is going to stop you from practicing your faith or from preaching what is in your heart. In America, we don't worship government. We worship. God. Liberty comes from our Creator. Our rights are given to us by a divine authority, and no earthly force can ever take those rights away. I'm proud to be a Christian, and as president, I will not allow Christianity. To be consistently attacked and weakened. So we want our pastors speaking out. We want their voices in our public discourse, and we want our children to know the blessings of God. 
So all this is tied into what Our Lady did here. We prayed for our nation. We prayed for his health. We saw it was going back in the 70s and the 80s. I was praying for that. Our Lady came here. We wanted to consecrate our nation. Through this entrustment, we beg to include our whole future into your hands. Please, at this moment, accept our 16 years of novenas, our prayers, our sacrifices, and heal our land. There's a whole paper trail left through the ages that God's been setting up. What we couldn't in the Crusades do and we couldn't do in Christianity in different periods that Our Lady's going to do. And she's bringing the whole world to her. It's happening. And it's going to happen. And the flock's going to be united. I don't know when. I don't know what all's going to happen. But it's just too much evidence that that's not going to happen. Just as Poland could not be broken, I declare today for the world to hear that the West will never, ever be broken. Our values will prevail. Our people will thrive. And our civilization will triumph. So together, let us all fight like the Poles for family, for freedom, for country, and for God. crown you king with our lady's hands through this consecration to rule over us over everything thank you O mother thank you our queen thank you for being present may Christ grant our nation deliverance through this consecration amen Yeah. 
to be one love everyone and obey we wish you our lady we love you good night oh america
Thank you.